Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Bring Back Focus, a podcast where we discuss focus, attention management and how that impacts personal and professional growth. Today I have with me Robin Singhvi. Robin is the founder of SmartQ. Uh SmartQ is pretty smart actually. It helps SaaS sales team deliver hyper personalized demos. This is one thing that I have seen a lot of teams struggle with, so I think it's solving some really cool relevant problem. And you know, personally, I've known Robin for now four or five years, uh, more than that actually, eight yeah. nine years, and he, uh, been a great uh, connect of mine. So, Robin, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, Dipesh. I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm very excited. Yeah. So, Robin, you and I, I think, go back a long time, right? It's it's been you almost uh, eight years actually, uh, nine years. Yes, and and you know I've I've seen you go through various role changes, and you know you've moved countries, right. and there's a lot that has happened in the last eight to nine years, which is one of the reasons why I thought it'll be good to have you on the show because you know when you have so many transitions, and the focus is something that definitely gets impacted. You you were in a career, you changed careers. um and you know that it 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 really does uh take a toll on focus and this is which is the topic of our conversation um uh, so i would love yeah. to get your thoughts on you know how you stay focused how you make decisions and how you do what you do so so yeah uh, thank you for being on the show yeah thank you thank you dipesh uh and and yeah you're right you know i think uh, at least since you've known me there have been a lot of uh interesting developments in in my life uh i think we met first when i had moved back to india in 2014 um took over the family business and tried to make sense of it and and tried to run a business in a in a country that i had no experience running a business in uh a lot of uh things happened those 2 3 years when i was here moved back to the us worked there uh now i'm back in india uh and and uh, running smart cube right and uh, i don't want to count my chickens before they hatch but the the potential to move back to the us with smart cube uh is seeming very possible and real so i i mean i i'd love to love to sort of talk through the things that that i've been doing that i've tried to do uh i'll be i'll be honest that you know just because uh, i'm i'm on bring back focus with you does not mean i'm an expert i'm figuring it out as i go just like i think most people are right so so i'll try to be as as honest and authentic as possible great and you know so before we go into all of that uh, you know you mentioned briefly about your background you know why don't you tell audience about your background you know go yeah. feel free to go as deep as you'd like to and just you know share some some of some other yeah. tidbits there sure sure so uh, i'll i'll kind of go in uh, a reverse chronological order right so i have been in the enterprise saas space for about 12 years now i spent most of my professional career in the us i lived in dc denver and portland oregon at uh, various periods of time uh, i played the role of a solutions architect or a solutions consultant in most of the startups that i worked at which meant i was always at the intersection of sales and product uh, which worked for me uh, because i uh, you know always liked interacting with people be they prospects clients colleagues or friends like yourself and even though i have a background in computer science uh, and i can code a little bit 
I couldn't see myself spending my life doing just that. And, and that's why I think this, uh, this type of a role uh, really worked for me. Uh, like you introduced me, I'm currently the CEO and founder of SmartQ. Uh, we, uh, we've raised a small seed round, and, and I think you, you explained the product pretty well, which is we, we're building a smart sales assistant that essentially helps B2B SaaS sales teams deliver hyper-personalized virtual demos um, we have a few pilot customers and are growing the team uh, as we speak. Uh, the problem we try to solve there is that traditional training and cookie cutter demos are, are really ineffective and sellers needed dynamic programs to provide you know, sort of the breadth of information required, uh, whether it is marketplace dy- dynamics, evolving buyer needs, uh, and you know, competitive product offerings. So that's what I've, I've been working on with SmartQ. Uh, prior to that, the last company that I worked at in the U.S. was called WellTalk, uh, which recently got acquired by Virgin Pulse. Uh, I worked at a number of other startups as well, uh, all sort of in the enterprise SaaS space. Uh, and, and educationally, you know, I, I got my MBA from Willamette University uh, in the U.S. And, and I got my computer science degree from here in Bombay, uh, Bombay University, which is incidentally where I grew up. Do you, do you think that's... that's uh, a good yeah. enough background? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. more than good. So thank okay. you. I would like to see the reason why I like interviewing um, entrepreneurs or founders is because, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a founder, obviously, but I've known people and, and I know the number of hats that you wear. There is, you know, sales, there is product, mm-hmm. there is fund, fundraising, there yeah. is uh, you know, media, PR, there's just so many pieces there. Yeah. It's so easy to get lost on, in all of these that, you know, you forget time management, like, you know, you just everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, sometimes when people think about entrepreneurship, I don't think they think about all of these. I think, yes, people <laughs> know about the challenges that, you know, it takes time to grow and all, but they don't realize the challenge, it, the toll it takes yeah. on your mind and your focus um, yeah. and I'm very impressed by how founders do that so do you want to talk a little bit about that like as a founder sure. how do you how do you manage that right how do you manage wearing these multiple hats yeah yeah and ironically as a, as a first-time founder these are all the things that I had no clue about either right I was always on the other side of the of the table where I was an employee negotiating just for ESOPs and I was like well this seems easy and um, little did I know, right, that it was so much more than just building a cool product and trying to sell it, right? Uh, like you said, there's there's so many aspects uh, as a solo founder, especially as a solo founder, that you kind of need to wrap your head around and ensure that you're not sort of drowning uh, on a day-to-day basis. And and for me personally, not not being reactive to things and trying to have things under my control, right? That's that's what I've been trying to do, especially for the past six to nine months, uh, you know, post the initial sort of craziness that that anyways happens when you start something new. But post that, like once we started having some products, some uh, client discussions, I, I tried to kind of take a step back and figure out, okay, how do I want to do this? So, uh, you, know, you know, some of the things that I try to do is during the week, uh, I, I try and like, and, and some of it is also circumstantial, right? So a lot of my prospects and clients are in the US. So my my client interactions really start in the evenings here in India, which which allows me 
a lot of flexibility to plan my day. Uh, and, and so the way I try to do it is during the day, uh, I'm most productive early in the mornings. Uh, like you, I'm also a morning person. So, so, you know, uh, my day starts around six ish or so. And then the first two, three hours of my day, I, I start off, of course, with like, you know, meditating a little bit and things like that. But, um, I try and take my morning to focus on all the the asynchronous work activities that I need to do, whether it is, um, you know, uh, writing out the strategy for the week or, or the, the tasks for the week, uh, planning, planning my week and my day, uh, and then sort of uh, prioritizing them. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't use anything complicated. I have a notepad and then I use uh, Apple Notes and Apple Reminders. It kind of just works great for me. Uh, because I'm in in the Apple ecosystem. Uh, post that is when I start getting a little bit more tactical. Uh, during my day, I, I try to kind of respond to emails, uh, work on the product uh, and the product team uh, that actually sits out of India, uh, and then try and take a couple of hours off uh, in the afternoon. Um, ideally, I would have loved if that were an afternoon nap. That 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 isn't always a possibility. Uh, but but it ends up being more like either I go out for a swim or for a walk or something like that, just just so that I'm uh, not always you know heads down in in work. Uh, it's always it, it's equally important to kind of step back from time to time. And in the evenings, really, it is it is working on client calls and client meetings and decks and stuff like that. Uh, and and I don't know if folks uh, will give me negative points for that, but all of my fundraising activities, so whether it is working on my investor decks or sending out or responding to investor notes happens on the weekends. So I don't know if that that uh, makes my investors feel bad, but I, I actually hope it doesn't because they will realize they, they may hopefully think that uh, his priorities are right. He's, he's prioritizing uh, the, the, the customer and the product during the working hours. And then when he's not working, he's, he's ensuring that he's keeping us happy as well. <laughs> but let me pause there. Yep. No, uh, I mean, uh, you've broken it down really well. Uh, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that I've, you know, I've, I've been, I've been selling to customers for a while now. One of the things that I realized that it's so important to have your priorities clear. Uh, because, you know, as a founder, and this is, you know, I'm not a founder, as I said, but as a, as a founder, or, I mean, if you, get the customer right and if you are able to do that prioritize that i think a lot of things follow product and customer you are right if i think that's prioritize a lot of thing follows because if there's no there are no customers there's no funding right there's, yeah. there's no product there are no customer yeah. yeah i mean that's that makes a lot of sense what i what i also find interesting in your schedule is um you have those kind of blocks dedicated to some side of activities, right? Uh, sometimes I struggle with that. Like, you know, things mix up, you know, I'll yeah. be doing checking emails in the, you know, when I'm supposed to be talking to customer and those things mix up. And, yeah. and I'm sure that they do for you as well at times, right? 100%. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the schedule that you mentioned, I'm sure you face some challenges implementing that. And probably there were, there are times when you kind of go off track. My question is, how do you bring yourself back on track? Because that's one thing that a lot of us struggle with. We have schedule, we start, and a lot of times we also maintain, but we can go off track at times. And how do you manage that? How do you acknowledge and how do you get back on track? Yeah, I think I think you, you kind of uh, hit the nail on the head because, 
it's not it's it's not uh, it's not rocket science and it is not something that that you absolutely just because you have a framework that you're always going to follow it life happens and you have to adjust or you're going some some things are going to fall by the wayside but i i think that we we try to put a lot of frameworks into practice but they don't always work and i i just like you you mentioned i'm always splitting between being ultra efficient and then just having weeks where i'm all over the place whether it is just no productivity extreme distractions no workouts um you know uh, looking at or reading emails and responding to them when i'm not supposed to but the, the good thing is that having this framework having these sort of frameworks that hey you know what this is what i do in the mornings this is what i do in the afternoons this is what i do during the evenings and the weekends allows me to sort of retreat back to a sense of familiarity and predictability uh, it may take time but i know that i'll eventually get back to being productive sooner rather than later and i think it's also important in general to not be extremely hard on yourself when you do fall off the track right uh, it's going to happen it's okay we're all human we're not robots so you know expecting us to always consistently uh follow that routine or schedule uh is unrealistic uh, and so you know cutting yourself some slack i think is equally important um and and i think that is something that i've sort of discovered and started to adopt uh, only recently like during the pandemic uh but but that's that's i think my philosophy that always have a framework always have uh these these models mental models and then whenever you fall off track know that you have them to go back to yep um that's makes a lot of sense you know i i i like your point about having the frameworks i was listening to i'm sure you've heard of cal newport yeah. uh the author of deep work he has this podcast called deep life or deep question something i'm, I'm not getting mm. the name right but in this he talks about one of the episodes is about time management you know time management is the most used overused abused term mm-hmm. but you know when cal newport talks about it you take notice right so yeah. he says that at any given point in time i make sure that i'm not thinking about what i should be doing uh you know that that framework should help me know that you know if this is the time then this is what i'm supposed to be doing yeah. rather than me now trying to figure out okay now i have some free time let me go back to my emails or let me go back and see what i can do yeah. um and that resonated a lot with me there are times when i'm you know i have free time and i'm like okay what yeah. should i be doing right now so you know coming back to your point of having that framework will make sure that if okay if it's afternoon or if it's evening i have some free time maybe or afternoon i have some free time maybe i do some reading or you know something like that so so yeah, yeah um very relevant point there on on the framework yeah yeah i, I think i think the patient you know, we we can kind of dive a little bit deeper into it right because i think you you called out uh, the fact that you know these blocks of times that you you sort of um have for different things so so i i try to do the same thing right so a few things that i tend to do to sort of religiously protect my time and my attention is uh, you know on my on my phone i kind of use the the dnd or apple sort of focus settings pretty much throughout the day uh, i ensure that my phone doesn't ring and that most notifications don't pop up uh, it's been working well for at least a year now but to to help with the deep work right where that 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 we spoke about uh, it it does tick some people off because i don't respond to whatsapps or texts immediately or sometimes totally miss them 
but hey, I mean, if it's urgent, they can always call me, right? I mean, there there are there are a list of twenty twenty five people who are in my sort of uh, phone book who call if, who if they call the phone will still ring even in my D and D setting. Uh, the, the other thing that I've been trying to do is I start sort of my wind down settings on my phone at nine fifteen p.m. every night. Now. Even though with smart queue, I end up having a ton of late night calls and meetings. I think this this wind down feature uh, at least ensures that uh, the the brightness settings on my desktop and my phone are conducive to sort of relaxing. The notifications notifications are minimal, uh, and then even from the productivity standpoint, you know, we spoke about having blocks. So that's that's what I have, right? I mean, instead of like you know my my day being regimented. I typically have like just four hour long blocks on my calendar for different things, whether it's email, for LinkedIn, client or prospect communication. Uh, I don't know if it's ideal uh, yet or not, but uh, but it definitely provides some structure to my workday and minimizes distractions when I'm trying to do some deep work. And and like you said, you know, I know that I've 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 cut out four hours to do X, and if I get that done in in one hour or two hours, that sort of gives me that that uh, free time uh, to do whatever else I might have to without feeling like I'm stuck in a schedule. Anyway, I just wanted to make that point. No, that's a very valid point. And, you know, one of the frameworks, so I've, you know, over the past year, I've I've gone from managing like one or two people to I have now had like 15, 20 people reporting to me. Nice. One of the things that I was struggling with was, you know, just giving them time um, because mm. most of them were reporting directly to me and uh, you know I've I'd set up one-on-one weekly um, but there are times when they need me urgently right so the framework that I had developed was okay you call uh, sorry you if it's if it's if it's not urgent you send me an email uh, or you ping me I'm not going to look at your email or pings like I don't yeah. I'm not constantly on those yeah. but whenever I do look at it I'll respond to you but if it if it's urgent call me if I don't pick up you know Correct. I'll respond back if it's super urgent and I don't pick up call me twice yeah. and and that framework has kind of worked uh, yeah. you know sometimes people are they, they you know I make it very clear that it's not because I don't want with just that I'm protecting my time so I'll be able to yeah. be more efficient with you as well uh, but sometimes there have been cases where people have sent an email for an urgent thing and you know I've not responded and I'm like why didn't you call me yeah. So, so those things happen, but I think having that framework has helped me protect my time as well, um, because otherwise it's very easy to pull, uh, you know, to just get derailed from what you're doing and just it, it, the task switching has its huge has huge cost. So yeah, just on yeah. that, how you know a framework that I try to follow. I I love it. I love it. I think I think that makes a lot of sense, and I think there's more pros than cons to it uh, so so i think you know it, it's okay like folks will sort of fall in line eventually and i think i think folks should realize that that like you said it's not anything against them it really is a way of ensuring that you're most productive uh, throughout the day yep i think um, one thing that one incident again i was so uh, one of the things that you know sometimes it's it's funny sometimes i, I relate these like Google has digital well-being, um, yes. Apple has its own. And I, re- yes. I sometimes when I think about it, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, for lack of better analogy, it's like a drug peddler trying to sell rehabilitation <laughs> to me, right. uh, which, 
you know it's like you you've been so used to this and i mean it helps no doubt but uh, but how do you manage your systems and phone and you know we'll come to phone phone is the most common most the the most what do you call it the most visible thing that we see yes. but yeah. even even your laptop and how do you manage digital distractions yeah so so you know i, I think I, i spoke about it a little bit right the the way i try to do that and and i think for me uh, more than the the tool whether it's my phone or my laptop i think it's the notifications that mm-hmm. that that really uh, play havoc when you're trying to do work right and so so by design i think it was about a couple of years ago i read a post on medium on how to disable all of your notifications and how to set them up one by one to to ensure that that you sort of you know make the most of these devices that you have right and so i think for uh, like i said right for for the last year my phone is always on uh, dnd uh because because when i started 2 years ago there were like things that i was like okay these these notifications i want i want notifications from my bank i i want notifications from here and there but i realized over the past year that no i i i don't want them when i want them yep. i will find them like i will make them work for them so so as a as a blanket my and this i think this is a recent sort of feature that apple brought in the focus right they have a personal focus work focus blah 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 and i only have one focus and and in that focus nothing rings nothing buzzes uh only only urgent calls uh come through even text never never sort of you know ping me or disturb me uh so so i think what i've tried to do is i've i have uh, purposefully tried to make the devices work for me rather than the other way around right when i want to know uh who are the people who have sent me a note whether it's email or text or whatsapp i will go into that specific application and then make it work for me like for me i that that's actually to be honest that has worked really really well uh, especially over the pandemic when folks have uh, experienced sort of blurring lines between work and you know work life balance really um you never know when to stop when to end because you're sitting there watching tv or you're having a meal and your phone buzzes and inevitably you're going to look at it distract yourself not give attention to the person or to the meal uh, and and for all intents and purposes you're probably also not doing a great job responding to that text or that email on your phone right so so for me the the thing that's worked the best uh, and and I tell that to everyone like anyone who who asks me I'm like just turn off all notifications it does not matter it just does not matter like urgent urgent uh, urgent things will will find a way of coming to you yeah uh, i couldn't agree more with that uh, you know when i tell people that i have all my notifications off it, it yeah. you know a lot of them don't uh, you know don't kind of believe that or don't want to do that themselves yeah. but you know I, one question that i'll ask and i've gone through this i've turned off all notifications yeah. there is a phase when after you do that where is because you know we want to see the applicability and we also want to show make sure people take something out of it yeah how do you after you turned off all the notification there must have been few months at least where you would have like you know your your mind or would have craved some of these notification yes. did you check those apps more than you would normally do because you know your notifications are gone but yeah. your mind is still habituated to 
yes. looking at those apps so yeah how did yeah, you get I, out of that and 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 what was that experience like yeah so so the, i think that's a great question because yes you are right you know i think i think we we agreed at the beginning of this call that you know these things are addictions right and just like with any addiction you have these withdrawal symptoms as soon as you don't have that that uh, dopamine kick right and and i i was no different right so so there were times when i'm like okay i need to check my phone even though there's nothing uh, and then you know i kind of did more of that uh, but but i think i realized that that once you do that um, as soon as you engage yourself in other more productive activities and and it's not just walk wise it can also be outside whether you're working out or you're going out for a walk or whatever it is now because your phone is not buzzing that 20 minute 30 minute hour long walk that you take actually becomes more mindful because over a period of time the phone's not buzzing you're not you're not looking at it uh, as much as you did uh, and and just like any habit you know it, it is it is about cultivating a habit uh, some small things that i did uh, during the day i would actually put my phone away from me away from like an, an arm's length doing that allows you to it just just automatically creates a little bit of inertia uh, between you and and trying to access uh, things that may or may not be relevant at that moment in time uh, and and now um, it is ironic because because my wife swati you know she will tell me that you know i think we've switched personalities because initially you were the one who was always on your phone who's always <laughs> whether it's required or not looking up things on your phone uh and and here you are telling me to put my phone away right uh, and your phone is just somewhere where nobody knows and i'm telling you that hey this person is trying to get in touch with you can you can you actually pick up your phone and respond to to them so so it's a it's an interesting 360 degrees but you know i think uh, this whole uh self realization for me started only in 2014 or maybe a little bit earlier that's when that's when you and i i think got introduced and i had just moved back to india uh because i think at that point in time there was there was a lot happening right and i was being um, you know pulled in a hundred different directions and uh, just reacting just reacting uh and that's when i tried to figure out uh, I, i tried really hard to figure out that hey you know what do i need to do to to take back sort of control uh, over my life or or i think you know, your 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 podcast is is really well uh, sort of titled like how do i bring back focus and do things that i i really want to uh, and so so it's been a eight year journey now uh, and and i'm still a student without a doubt uh, but but i think uh, there have been more things that i have gained from these experiments really uh, then i have lost yep um and you know i mean for audience if they take nothing away from this podcast just one thing that if they implement would would i think give tremendous results that i've seen that is just turn off notifications i um, agree yeah you, you cannot you cannot you know you just cannot see the i mean there's there is no parallel to the impact that it can have on your focus you know the, the robin i i've been off notifications for a while yeah. uh, but i recently so my mom is obviously a newbie on the phone yeah. and she's trying to figure out um, and when i see her phone that's when i realize what have a notification like she has 
at any given point in time yeah. there's like 35 40 notifications there yeah. and i look at those notifications there are chrome notifications 15 of them right there is youtube for, for just because and i'm and i asked her that you know have you done something like, no i just go and see these things and suddenly i see there is something popping up uh, yeah. i mean i don't know how to turn this off and that's and i obviously went ahead and turned off a lot of her notifications you know she got angry when i turned off whatsapp <laughs> notification but but um, but that's the thing right and these they become so smart over time those notifications that hey you might be interested in this based on your activity you might be interested in this it just it just you know i mean so uh, this is a long point just saying that you know just turn off your notifications yeah uh, you know it's interesting you say that right the page because i think the origin of these notifications or whatever was was obviously in the best interest of folks right hey you know what you we will contextually sort of notify you when we think there is something of relevance to you on this device but over a period of time it's just become uh, a blatant uh, you know advertising real estate that folks are using indiscriminately right and and instead of it being contextual and for you it really is distracting and meant to keep you uh, like you know to to keep giving you that dopamine kick right and never let you kind of step away it is it's it's uh, a little bit sad of how something that that was supposed to enhance productivity has ended up totally destroying it yeah absolutely so you know we spoke about phones devices i do want we spoke about your system right that's you know that was that was, i do want to move on to something like you know you spoke about phones but are there any other tools that you use uh, to you know make sure that you are on track you know you you kind of are doing what you're doing are there any other tools that that have been very helpful sure. to you sure so so i you know just because i am i'm like a little bit anal about uh, organization and and stuff like that we'll we'll kind of bucket it into two pieces right one is uh, tools that i use professionally and then then tools that i perhaps use personally which which i think also help uh, from a professional standpoint but uh, you know from a professional standpoint i think I, i spoke about using apple notes and you know one of the reasons i love using apple notes there's no notifications uh, there is no notifications in apple notes uh, and and <laughs> i might be making that's, myself right have you thought sure? i mean i i'm i'm not i'm not on apple so i wouldn't know but that's interesting Hey, you know what? It might be that I because I've turned off all my notifications, and I have no idea whether Apple Notes has notifications. But, but, but good. Uh, I mean, if it's but, working for you, <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is, and and I might be kind of making myself a pariah here. But I tried using Notion, but I think it's just too complicated for me. It feels like it's forcing me to change my frameworks to fit into Notion's workflow. So, so you know, you're not Notion the only one thinking that me. way, by the way. No, you're not the only one thinking okay, that good. way. I mean, I I I feel like if I'm on Twitter, I feel like a pariah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, sorry. And then uh, I think uh, just to organize all of my work tasks, uh, I end up using a tool called ClickUp. So actually I use it to organize sort of all of my tasks, personal and professional. It allows me to sort of manage everything in a single place. Uh, and then uh, one tool that I really have gotten a lot of value out of uh, work-wise in terms of productivity is called MixMax. Uh, and, and you know there's there's a ton of tools like that uh, email productivity tools but but for me it just seems to work it it keeps my client communications over email in sync and 
sort of automatically reminds me to reach out to people who haven't responded to me after a set number of days. This single feature alone has kind of made my email productivity so much higher because I don't have to be like, okay, I've sent this email. Now I need to go into another app to set up a reminder of when I need to follow, follow back up with this person. Uh, I literally just send a note and then forget about it until Mixmax sort of reminds me that, hey, you know what, this person hasn't responded. Um, uh, interestingly, I actually see myself depending less and less on a CRM because of this. Uh, and I don't know if I've found a CRM, a CRM I really love yet. So if you or the listeners know of one, I'm all ears. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I actually just started using the new text app. Um, it's, I think it's still in beta or something like that. Uh, but it syncs all of your communication across channels, whether it's email, LinkedIn, Instagram, blah, 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 all of your channels, right? Uh, I'm still undecided if it's the best option uh, for me in terms of like aiding my productivity or does that sort of create that, uh, that information overload, uh, which, which you, we always try to uh, avoid. But, but I think it has, it has promise, right? Uh, but that, that's really it from a professional standpoint. And, and maybe, maybe you'll notice that I, I'm actively trying to reduce the number of tools that I, that I tried to use, right? There was a time when I was using all the cool tools out there to sort of quote unquote, stay organized and productive. But there, to me, there is a very real danger of you getting consumed by your own productivity cesspool, you know, but, uh, but, but that's, that's from a professional standpoint. Uh, I think personally, uh, especially over the past two years, uh, two things that have really, really, really helped me is one is the practice of Vipassana. And I can't stress enough how helpful it is. You know, when we are talking about um, trying to improve our focus, trying to be able to do deep work, uh, Vipassana for me has been a huge, huge help. And and the reason being, you know, um, just I think I think for 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 readers, Vipassana is is a meditation practice right um and it's basically you know the goal is to allow you to see things as they really are uh vipassana is one art of living is another like i mean there there's a ton of these uh they're all practicing that same non-sectarian technique um and 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 the objective is sort of self-transformation through self-observation Right. It, it really focuses on on allowing you to find that connection between mind and body um, and through sort of observation based self-exploratory journeys to uh, to your mind and body. Uh, that's that's, a, I think, a complicated way of saying that it's a it's a meditation technique. Um, and the way it works is you actually go off on a 10 day reset where there's no phones, uh, no television, actually no communication at all, verbal or, or uh, you know, body language or anything with any of the other part participants there. And it's, it's very, very stark and very revolting to the body because we are used to these stimulations day in and day out. Uh, and, and to take 10 days out, and remove all distractions, remove all stimulation. Uh, the first two, three days are kind of just really revolting to the body. But post that, it really helps you kind of um, calm down, uh, let your mind calm down, or, or like I think, 
novel says pretty well it's like you know how do you kind of go into debug mode uh, on your monkey mind how to how to calm your monkey mind and that's that's kind of what vipassana helps you do so i i discovered this uh, during the pandemic in 2021 i went on uh, 10 day retreats uh, here in here close to bombay and then since then uh, for old students who kind of done this 10 day they also have a 3 day session for regular practitioners so i've been trying to do that at least once a quarter so i i think especially in today's you know high stimulus world um taking these sort of drastic actions is unfortunately necessary to reset so that that i think has been amazing for me and and has has worked really 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 well for me i i cannot uh, emphasize enough um that that folks should take up a practice like this i'm not saying take up a vipassana i don't i'm not saying take up art of living there's a ton of these schools of thoughts but definitely consider them uh if you if you're on this journey of taking back control and uh, allowing yourself to focus the way you want to and live life the way you want to um i think that's amazing uh i've heard a lot about these um meditation techniques uh, or you know going on a 3 day 5 day 10 day camp mm. and that idea has intrigued me uh but you know what made you take that step um and how were the first couple of days there you mentioned that it's you know yeah. what is revolting but what is that revolt like like what did you find yourself doing in the first two days let's say sure sure so so uh, to answer the first part of your question i think the pandemic uh, just like everybody else uh, you know took a took a significant mental toll on me and i needed a way to to step away from it all right from that that mm-hmm. constant barrage of news and constant barrage of of uh information sometimes misinformation uh and hearing all of these these stories about people suffering and and the system sort of collapsing uh it just it just kind of really brought me down and i i knew i needed to do something drastic because just locking myself up in a room was not going to do it uh and uh, my yoga teacher actually put me onto it she said that i think i think you may want to consider it and i was like at this point in time i'll try anything <laughs> so so i i right. went into uh vipassana with with not a whole lot of background on how how stark it is going to be but i went there and the first thing you do is actually you deposit your phones and they have a session where they tell you that okay after this session you are not to speak you are not to make eye contact and you are not supposed to you know kind of in any way try and communicate with anyone as like okay Sure, no problem. Sounds okay. Like I mean, there have been times when I wanted to be an introvert, and I felt I was great. But, but, but I think you don't realize how much you have been uh, conditioned to always wanting stimulation. That as soon as stimulation is taken away from you, your mind does not know what to do. Right? You asked about like how is it for the first two days? There were times when I used to just turn in my bed and reach out to nowhere, just hoping that there was a phone. And you're like, oh, it's not. And then you know, you're like, okay, what do I do now? So you kind of, like there were times when I just because you couldn't talk to anyone, I would just like walk around up and down, up and down, up up and down in my room because I was like, all right, all this all this sort of uh, anxiety, I need to figure out how to release. uh and then of course there are these guided meditation sessions that that allow you to uh 
calm your mind down, like have practices that, that allow you to, um, you know, just, just kind of uh, step outside of your mind and just observe your thoughts and feelings. Uh, and which is not something that we do on a regular basis, but we should, uh, because that's, that's part of becoming less reactive and more uh, proactive to what you want to do and how you want to do them. Uh, so the first two, three days is just a cycle of anxiety, uh, your, your body and your mind really wanting all of those stimulation, whether it's noise, whether it's uh, touch whether it's uh, the light of a phone or a, or a laptop. Uh, but, but once you, once you get past that, and, and it's an, it's also a known um, uh, fact uh, at these Vipassana centers that day three is the worst when a lot of people actually opt out and they just leave because they're like, they can't take it anymore. Uh, but if you actually stay past that hump of three days, that's when it starts to really sort of kick in and, and be really powerful because uh, you know, the, your day really is about 11, 10 to 11 hours of meditation and that's it. And like literally just sitting down and, and observing your thoughts. Sounds simple, but it's the hardest thing in the world. But once you do get to some semblance of being able to do that, like I, I, do, I don't think like, you know, even after 10 or 20 sessions of Vipassana, uh, you can actually master that because, you know, you would kind of achieve nirvana if you did, but uh, even even the worldly benefits of just being able to uh, uh, you know you know get to that uh, discipline or or you know that that ability to observe your mind without reacting like without reacting to happy happy thoughts or sad thoughts I think is really powerful. Uh, every time I've come back from these vipassana sessions. I feel like for the next two, three, four months, um, I'm a, I'm a whole different person. And, and I think, you know, my wife said that to me as well, that, that you, you, you know, you come back in a Zen mode and, and, and the, the world sort of pulls you back in, but, but that Zen effect lasts for about three or four months. And that's why, you know, maybe you should do it at least a quarter so that, so that you, you, you stay Zen for as long as possible. Uh, but, but whether it is work-wise being able to think, um, more strategically and more with with a lot more clarity, or even in personal life where where you don't let a lot of small things affect you. Uh, I, I think practices like vipassana or just meditation, like use headspace, use calm, whatever it is, right? Whatever floats your boat. Uh, you know, during the week uh, when I'm not doing these sessions, I, I use headspace. Like that's that's how I start my day. I use 30 minutes of headspace, and and that's good enough, right? So I think if anything, um, I, you know, I would say that. Uh, folks should just start, just take 10 minutes out of your day and then work your way up, you know, um, with the always on nature of our lives today, the, the ability to disconnect, reset and sort of rejuven, rejuvenate is the need of the hour for most people. Just figure out that one thing. And I, I have a hunch that a lot of other things will automatically get prioritized because you have clarity of thought. That's wonderful. Um, you know, You've really made me interested now. <laughs> I'm going to try it. Um, yeah, you should. Sound. You should. And there's, there's centers in the U.S. as well. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you mentioned Headspace, right? I think if you listen to the story of Andy, Andy Padikom, who yeah. founded Headspace, had a kind of a, you know, of course, he was a monk and he had a very yeah. intense journey compared to what you just mentioned. But that's how he got into the mode that he got into yeah but no thank you for that and for the tools I, i'm going to add uh for audience i'm going to add those tools in the show notes so people have access to that yeah. um what 
i think so we spoke about system we spoke about tools we spoke about uh, meditation which which i think was very very interesting i really like that piece now you know and we spoke about the phone as well uh, yeah. specifically but if you have to describe your relationship with your phone right now what would it be how would you describe it uh yeah i mean i, I think i'm like most other people right i have a love hate okay. relationship with my phone uh, it is most certainly an addiction and i am guilty of relapsing to a lot of my old habits and mindless scrolling more often than i care to admit um i i think it's certainly less than it was a few years ago but a far cry from you know where i'd like it to be um you know as recently i think as a week ago i know that i've been looking at my phone much earlier in the day and much closer to bedtime than is good for me so the relationship i think like most relationships in life is a work in progress <laughs> it has its good days and bad right um, okay yeah yeah as as long as it's not an abusive relationship i think that's that's yeah, pretty much correct uh pretty good um now second and i think i probably know the answer to that but mm. what is that one thing that you did in the last you know 6 to 12 months that has really like one decision that you took that has really changed a lot of other things for you one big uh, decision or small yeah. that has had a huge impact yeah so so like like you guess right uh, going for vipassana obviously was was a huge thing that i did that helped but i think if i have to think of something else that i did uh, really it was starting smart cube um, okay you know the the level of a learning or or really your learning curve when you start something up of your own is so wild that it kind of forces you to to brutally prioritize and uh make sure that that you are uh identifying things and tasks that are critical because if you don't you are bound to fail right i mean uh, we discussed this there are a thousand things that a founder has to do at any point of time in the day and if you are not able to prioritize if you are not able to put your head down and do that work that you really need to do at that point in time uh it, it it can become really overwhelming really quickly so yeah i think you know just the fact that that i took that plunge uh, i think has helped uh, me grow personally when it comes to being able to build on my practice of uh, prioritizing and uh improving my sense of focus right i think so so those are the two things that i think uh, really did help great what is what is it that you do that you think 95% of people don't um you know and which has been very helpful for you uh i, I maybe 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 this is uh this is off but i i don't think i'm better than 95% of the people maybe maybe i'm just like them i'm i'm like most other people so i i don't know how many people do vipassana i would say that that's that's one thing that is a little bit uh, mm-hmm. uh out of uh, and, and just to ordinary. give you context just yeah. to give you context you, you did not think of yourself better than 95% of people that like maybe that one practice uh maybe that's vipassana but there's one practice or one habit that you follow that others don't most others you think don't uh yeah so i mean the the 30 minutes of uh, using headspace every morning i think is mm-hmm. is a practice that is very dear to me and i i try and do it religiously um i i think it it's it's extremely extremely valuable and helpful um i would think that that's something that uh, i don't know i i know a lot of people do meditate 
I don't know how many people do it. Uh, I think I would how, tend to agree with you. I think I don't think 95% and 95% is just a, just a random number, <laughs> but sure. I think most people don't. Uh, I would agree with that. So yeah. That's, yeah. Yep, that, that's helpful. Thank you. Last question. What is that one focus or productivity tool that has not yet been pro- developed that you think might be really helpful? That's, I, I like that question a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can answer that directly, but uh, I've been thinking about this a lot uh, recently, right? That, that, you know, trying to have this um, tiff with, with, with our devices and things like that. It's like, you know, what, what would be my ideal scenario is, is what I've been thinking of, right? That, you know, forget about the phone, the, the laptops, all of these, these productivity tools. I feel like, you know, my ideal situation would be where, you know, I'm living perhaps by the beach, I'm self-sufficient, and all I want is a landline, no cell phone, and maybe five hours of electricity uh, and internet in a day. I feel like if, if, if I can achieve that, that would essentially self-correct all of the things that I think are wrong with my current productivity practices. I don't know if it's possible, but, but, but hey, you know, we can all dream, right? And I, I don't know if Perhaps someone can, um, you know, build something uh, to to enable that. I mean, everyone's talking about remote work and whatnot. But how about only only five hours of of work a day, where it's like you have to you have to go into a shack uh, and you know pick up that landline if you ever want to talk to someone and do your work and kind of go back to uh, your your sort of disconnected self. Yep, uh, and you know we underestimate the power of how we accommodate or adapt to these things, right? Yes. Uh, we think that we won't, but you will be surprised by how we can, uh, like we adapted to pandemic. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. like we, the world went from reworking in office to remote, like overnight, literally. Yes. So we adapted to that. So I'm sure we'll adapt to this as well. Yeah. Uh, no, I think those were all the questions that I had. Uh, thank you so much. Is there anything that, you know, you would have liked me to ask? Uh, and also, you know, we, what, what do you want to leave audience with? And how can they get in touch with you? Uh, sure. So um, I think the the thing that I'd, I'd like to, if, if folks took nothing away from from our session, uh, the the only thing that I would I would say is that you know there's a lot of uh, these uh, catchy sound bites and and advice on Twitter and LinkedIn, um, but but you know try and tune those out because I think they just end up making you feel kind of middling, um, but honestly, just do what works for you, right? Um, if there are things that I wholeheartedly recommend, just learn how to actively disconnect, whether it's, you know, 10 days or 10 minutes out of your day, just that, you know, just just take that out of your day. Uh, if you're able to do that, I think I think you'll go a long way in, in building up your, uh, your practice of focus. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I would love to hear from folks, continue this discussion. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, my first name, last name, which is Robin Singhvi. Uh, you can obviously also just email me uh, at robin at getsmartq.com. And yeah, I, I, I am really interested and look forward to hearing from folks. All right. Um, thank you so much, Robin. Uh, it was great uh, talking to you. Uh, some amazing insights there. Uh, and yeah uh, thank you thank and, you for and, having and, me and we'll be in touch thank you take care bye thank you Dipesh bye bye